Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Oh man, I like the sound of that. It's been a while since I cranked open a beer on my podcast. Um, I was, if you all know, if you listen to my podcast, I've been, de- I was dealing with the COVID the Rona for the last two weeks. Um, so it's been a while, but finally get to crack open a beer. What do I got today? I got Jungling. What is this? Jungling. I've loved this beer and I'm super happy that it's finally in Texas. They came to Texas finally, like last year. But anyways, uh, got a great episode for you today. I got Chris Slivka. I hope I said that right. Um, on the podcast. If you don't know Chris Slivka, he is not the newest, but one of our newest um, segments on the Paddle and Fit Network. Every other Sunday, we have the mindset, and I'll throw in the logo right here so you can see it if you're watching on YouTube. Um, no, that's the one wrong one. That's the one for my last guest, Shane Lamont. But anyways, man, we don't have his logo. I got to go talk to Chris. We got to get his logo up here. Maybe it's here and I can't find it. But anyways, he has a great episode called The Mindset. And um, we love it. He has a cool logo coming out too. I don't know why it's not here. But he talks a lot about, you know, making, getting your mind right when you're fishing uh, tournament and for fun. And he's got some great guests on his podcast. So I really encourage all of you to listen to his episode every other Sunday. Other than that, what do we got? Um, It is Saturday for me, Saturday, the 5th of February. Looking at the leaderboard for the Bass Nation Kayak Series in Lake Fork. Man, oh man, we had another um, snowstorm coming in. And not for nothing, not to toot my own horn, but I kind of called it. If you ever listened to my episode with Caleb Helbig, I think it was. I even called it. I said, this tournament... I bet you anything there's going to be a snowstorm by the time this tournament rolls in. And sure enough, I jinxed it. There is tough day today, man. Like, only the top 12 caught a limit out of 150 anglers. Um, shout out to Garrett Morgan, man. 102 
and a half inches. And to put it in perspective, um, last year's tournament uh, was 98 inches, I think. Um, year before that, I don't remember for Bass Nations uh, or if it was a Hobie BOS. I know um, Cody Milton, I think, got 100 inches. But on the conditions that we're having, which was there was ice on the lake this morning, for Garrett Morgan in Texas to cut 102.5 inches, that's amazing. Uh, shout out to Rolando Nandin, also 99 and a half inches on day one of day two. Chris Longshore, Chris Hartman, Terry Elkins, Guillermo Gonzalez to the surprise of no one. He's in contention too, 94.75. James Bush, Larry Anderson, Matthew Ramey, and Matthew Scotch, another Texas hammer. They round out the top 10. Super happy to see a bunch of my Texas peeps out there last year. Um, on Bass Nation characters in Fork, I think um, Gio Guillermo Gonzalez was the only Texan in the top 10. Um, so great job by everyone out there. I mean, it is tough, tough condition. I am glad I'm not taking part of that. Big fan of everybody that's taking part of this. You guys out there, if you're listening and you fish Lake Fork, congratulations to whoever won and big props to you for fishing on those conditions. At least in Texas, we're not used to this. So, anyways, got a great show for you today. Shout out to my sponsor, Douglas Rock. Go check out douglasoutdoors.com for their full lineup. LRS, X-Matrix, and award-winning fly fishing rods. Quick commercial for Waypoints, and we bring Chris up. So, stick around. You're going to enjoy it. What's going on? Pretty boy, Chris. You doing all right? <laughs> I'm doing great, man. Just surviving this winter. It's, What's, it's been brutal. Where are you right now, Chris? By Chicago. The way? Chicago, Illinois. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. talking about my weather. You guys are you're like, that's Tuesday for us, Armando. What yep. the hell are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Was it bad for you, this snowmageddon? This... Uh, it was, but, you know, when you've been here your whole life, you're kind of used to it, you know. I... Just get up an hour earlier, get the snow out the way before you have to go do anything, you know. It's typical for us. Yeah, I saw a meme uh, somewhere where it's like, Texas with tornadoes, oh, we got this. <laughs> and then Texas in uh, it with one inch of snow, and it's uh, like a picture of the, what is it, the Holy Grail? What was yeah. that, uh, <laughs> that uh, British comedy movie? It was funny. But yeah, it's pretty much what it is, man. We can handle pretty much everything in Texas except a quarter inch of snow. Yeah, I mean, well, you get it on the roads, it could be dangerous. But I mean, out here, we're all used to it by now. Yeah, no, not here. Dude. Shout out, like, and like I said, shout out to everybody in Fork. I, it's not, I, when it snowed here, I'm like, man, I would go in the water. But people really, and, you know, I'm I'm not used to. Well, I'm kind of used to driving in snow because I used to go to Colorado a lot for snowboarding, and I drove there. But people here in Texas not used to driving in snow and sleep, man. It's dangerous, especially if you're on a trailer on a kayak. I'm yeah. like, there's no way I'm getting. I'm not concerned about the water being cold. I'm concerned about the drivers here. So. Well, and then you're not used to it either. Yeah, they're not especially used. Especially, even being on the kayak, you're not used to that cold of water. I don't know how cold the water gets for you guys, but we're used to seeing. You know, 40 degree temps. Yeah, we're here. February usually goes down to 40 degrees. I don't know why. Um, I guess if you're not from Texas, 
and you figure where you're gonna hold the national tournament you think oh texas you know you know it's like florida you know the winter's not that bad but february is traditionally the worst month in texas as far as winter goes and i hate it every time they schedule a national tournament on, on february because it's it's 50 50 shot you're gonna have like really bad cold weather but um anyways big shout out like i said big shout out to the guys at bass nation yeah um this weekend man that's crazy only 12 then, go ahead you have hobie next weekend too don't you i got toledo band and the weather's looking <laughs> phenomenal 60s and 70s and six mile per hour winds. now that could change from here on you know that's still a week away next week it could be like it's texas it could be thunderstorms it, it could be below freezing you never know so anything could happen in a week this seems to be the the tradition you know with they were out in Kasumi, they got winter weather out there too yeah i saw that that was crazy <laughs> it's just following the terminate trails right now yeah, you think they're like, okay, let's let's avoid the winter storms by going down south for winter. Yeah. How did that work out for KBF? The homies, the only one that got might have gotten locked out. Yeah, out of that one, um, crazy. By the way, it's crazy. Hobie BOS. I was surprised at how fast Toledo Bend got sold out. Then the next day they opened up um, Santee Cooper. I think it is. What's the second? Yeah, yep. Sold out in like forty eight hours. Don't they have, like, three of them sold out now? Yes, and then (laughs) the other one, they just opened the other one, like, you follow. That's not even, what, April 24th, and it's already sold out. Yeah, I think it's now people are freaking out. It is crazy, but, I mean, it's got to be, you know, hey, I don't not mean to pick on anybody, but when you put a tournament angler, an accomplished tournament angler, you put him as a director to run a tournament, this is the results that you get. Yeah, can't say that enough. Not throwing shade on anybody, but anyways, Chris, tell us a little bit about your podcast, man, and how you got into fishing, kayak fishing. Well, um, I'll start with the kayak fishing. Uh, it was a way to get off the bank for me. You know, I yeah. spent from twenty. Well, I've been fishing pretty much my whole life, but at twenty, I kind of decided this is what I want to do as a career, and I started chasing that down. But it, a lot of it was bank fishing. From morning to dark, and then I needed a way to get off the water. You know, there's only so much bank fishing you could do, and so much you could learn bank fishing. So it was for me, it was a way to get off the water. And uh, <clears throat> so I ended up buying an Ascend, which kind of was a mistake. Same here, <laughs> same here. No shame in that. Yeah. Um, I, a couple years ago and immediately when I bought it before I could even figure out kayak fishing I got into my first tournament blanked on the tournament because you know because you know you you get into that point of when you're fishing out of the kayak you go probably to your favorite lake that you always know where the fish are yeah and you think you're a hot shot and then you go into a tournament, not knowing how much people actually work at this, and uh, ended up blanking on that tournament. I wasn't as good as I thought it was. <laughs> but I feel like a lot of people do that, man. That's pre- <laughs> preaching to the choir, buddy. Same <laughs> yeah. thing. I started with an Ascent 12 T. I didn't get. I didn't get my first bass until my fourth tournament, and it jumped off the board, and I. Lost it. So officially, I didn't get a bass 
into my going into my fifth tournament. Um, yeah. And again, I started with an Ascent 12 T. It took a year before I decided I'm going to get rid of this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it didn't take me that long to get rid of that one. It's funny, Brian, <laughs> Brian Schiller, our great CEO and leader, or um, he got one and he, I think he tried it once and he sold it. I'm like, yeah, dude, you're like, what, 6'5 or something like that? Yeah, that, I tried standing up in that thing and it was like, I never felt comfortable in it. You know, I, I wasn't for me standing on the 12 T and I'm just for reference, I'm five foot 11, 200 pounds and I could stand up. Well, it, it, the seat was too low. Once I raised the seat, like everybody that owns a 12 T, a Ascent 12 T will tell you they modified it. Once I modified mm -hmm. it to stand up, I wasn't, it was pretty stable. <laughs> I was surprised how stable it is. It was. Yeah, I think it was, for me, it's because it was my very first kayak and I was really new into kayak fishing yeah. that led to the not being stable. And I just felt like I just had to learn learn everything about it before. Uh, I, I mean, if, I, if I go back to it now, it's probably not as bad as I thought it was when I first bought it. <laughs> it let me tell you something. It's a great way to do exercise for your shoulders and your yeah. back because that, that thing is a limo, man. Trying to Yo. row on that, it's yeah. paddle on that. It's like, geez, it's a great workout. Yeah. I'll tell you that much. And what about your um, podcast? Uh, tell us about it. How do you got, how do you came up with that idea? To like the mindset and all that. The mindset thing has always been with me, and the the um, the idea of the podcast was kind of, I want to say I've been wanting to do it for two years, and then this past year I felt like I gained enough traction on social media and everything in order to bring it to the table, to the light. To get it on Paddle and Finn was kind of a, a surprise to me. I was just asking Brian how I could start a podcast, and he's like, "Well, we have an opening for you, if you want it." And I was like, "Yeah, sure. I, you know, I'll take it for sure." And like, so it was always something I like, and it's something I always driven to because coming up, I didn't really have a lot of money to buy all these fancy baits and everything to try out. Mm -hmm. So I kept to the mindset of if I, you know, if I do the work. If I learn the fish, then I don't need all this fancy stuff, pretty much. <clears throat> we still buy it, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. We, for sure. But I'm saying, like, back then, you know, 20-year-old with, yeah. you know, little money. Not, you know. Now, of course, yeah. Now, of course, I buy it. But back then, I was more focused on how to fish versus you know what's the best lure to use yeah it's funny because we you you start getting down that rabbit hole come tournament time it's gonna be a jackhammer or a senko yeah. probably not gonna throw anything other than that yeah uh, and, I know. and then I, like well, all these crankbaits for what <laughs> uh, out here it's um like a lot of the lakes i fish it's like for me it's a drop shot or an eco rig or a frog if i could find grass like, what lakes do you fish out of, like, uh, in, out of Chicago? Of, well, Chicago, I fish a, a lake called uh, Bussy Woods, which is like a little lake. Doesn't allow uh, motors on it, only electric motors. So, oh, nice. and it's like really grassy area. So I do a lot of frog in there. A lot of I learn a lot of my grass techniques from there. 
But uh, for the tournament wise, we do a lot of the Great Lakes areas. Like I know this year we're doing Lake Geneva, and uh, one that I'm kind of iffy on is uh, Sturgeon Bay, because that's connected to Lake Michigan, and in a kayak, four foot waves is not a yeah not no, ideal. <laughs> so have you ever kayak fish in like Lake Michigan, one of those Great Lakes? No, I know JP has another host of ours. Yeah, but I haven't even tried it out yet. Not, I wouldn't try it in the SFLT. <laughs> well, I'll be I'll be at the beginning of this year before my year actually kicks off. I'll be in a new canoe pursuit. Nice. So, what are you fishing right now? Are you, are you still in? the I SFLT? came out of no. I got rid of the SFLT a while ago. I. This past year, I was in a Bonafide RS-117, and uh, I did the whole season with that, and I kind of like, all right, I'm taking this seriously. Everything's moving forward. I need something tournament ready. What's what's your setup right now for tournaments? Uh, I I haven't got the boat yet, but it will be that Pursuit, and then with an NK-180S motor on it. Nice. <clears throat> How is over there in, in where you live, is there any tournaments out there? Like over here, there's a mix. You know, we have the ones that allow, other than the nationals, like the local clubs, most local clubs allow motors. Yeah. But I know some other areas where they're more traditional, like Alabama, Tennessee, there's there's some local tournaments that are just like non-motorized and other motorized. How is it over there where you live? Is it all, are they all allowed motors or is there a mix? They all uh, motors, but not everybody runs one. A lot of them uh, either have a motor or a paddle drive. Those people competing last year on the paddle and fin series, so that's that's the one I did last year. Um, half of them didn't have a motor or a paddle drive, and they were still catching fish. Yeah, no, definitely you don't need a motor. Um, for last year on the Lake Fork, I think the top three didn't have a motor. I know the the. Um, the guy that came up first, I forgot his name. Uh, Nate Gloria. Nate Gloria didn't have. Uh, he was fishing the same, kind of like the same area I was fishing. He had an outback, no motor on it, uh, if I remember correctly. So I think it's kind of like overrated. I don't think anybody in Lake Fork. Well, you never know. Um, I guess if if they were out fishing like Rolando Nanding, I know he does that live scope thing and uh, he's pretty good at it. Um, I fished some tournaments where he's won and he might be doing some offshore fishing especially with the cold weather uh but yeah man it's it's interesting now do you is there a season for your tournaments do they generally stop at a certain month i'm assuming for kayak fishing uh for us it seems like the first tournament is the end of april and then it goes into september and there's normally like one tournament every single month oh cool what uh what Last year you were fishing paddle and fin. This year, what tournaments are you fishing? I'll be probably fishing uh, for local Great Lakes kayak fishing. Then I want to try to get in some All American tournaments. Oh, the All American Series. Yeah. Yeah, but that's that's depend on uh, time off and all that stuff. Yeah, I like the All American Series. It's uh, I think they have a tournament here in Palestine. Um, uh, in conjunction with Northeast Texas kayak fishing, um, which is run by Duke Tran and uh, the guys at Mariner Sales. Um, I think I'm still thinking whether I want to do the, um, the you know, kind of like 
two ducks with one stone or two birds without stones, I should say, fishing both. Now, for me, fishing the All-American, I won't be able to fish it, like, you know, to compete for the Angler of the Year. I I really looked at it hard to see if I can compete for the Angler of the Year in All-American Series. Well, I've heard a lot of great series. I heard a lot of great feedback about it. But it's mostly all up in Arkansas and Missouri area. It's too far away for me yeah, to fish more than one. It's supposed to be more more of a northern series yeah. because, you know, Bass and Hobie kind of spread out all over the place. And Bass really isn't coming too close to my neck of the woods this year. The original plan was to fish Bass, but then I seen like most of these places are 10 to 15 hours away from me. Yeah, same thing <laughs> for me. The only one, uh, they had the one at Lake Fork, but then again, the schedule, <clears throat> putting it right before the... Uh, the um hobie bos like that's that's 250 dollars in a week i mean 250 upper term that's 500 dollars in a week that's mm-hmm. a little bit too rich for my blood plus my local tournaments which i'm fishing for an angle of the year i'm like yeah that's that's easily 600 dollars and i'm going to be spending in just two weekends that's not you know um that's not fun yeah um, for, i mean for me i want to try to qualify for that uh, bass championship through the yeah. local club do you have a Bass Nation kayak? Uh, in, well, in so the the club I'm going through is uh, technically a Wisconsin club, but they kind of like the northern anglers kind of tend to go that way. Just the fishing's a lot better. <laughs> so that I have to um, pay them and pay a couple extra fees to fish their Bass Nation. But that's definitely what I'm looking forward to. Have you fished any national trails? No, not. I was trying last year, and then I ended up losing my job about August 1st. So that kind of killed the the bass series that was going on in September uh, oh, up man. in Wisconsin. You back, you back uh, at the workforce, though? You good? No, I've been um, learning some learning things with uh, Joshua David, my last guest. He's been teaching me how to do the stock market stuff and everything. Nice. So I've been doing a, some of that stuff and then some uh, like DoorDash and stuff to make extra cash for now. Nice. Yeah. But it's I, working I, out, man. You know? Yeah, no, it's good. I did last year. I did a lot of Uber Eats when um, when they started giving leave of absence from work because of the pandemic. So I was like, yeah. it's not bad, man. It's good. You know, if you time it right and you can work around a good schedule, you can get some money out of doing uh, uh, food deliveries like DoorDash and Uber Eats and all that stuff. Yeah, it's I, I mean, I really like it. I just don't really like having to use my car and then plus driving yes. to all these tournaments. Yeah, no, the car. <laughs> but the good thing is you, those are all like write offs. Like I've true. I've noticed that um, uh, filling out my. Um, tax return last year uh when i did a lot of uber eats not last year but the year before last year so the taxes for last filling out the taxes last year for what i did in uber eats two years ago i should say um man you can it's like you really don't have to pay almost nothing in taxes because everything between the mileage the gas the depreciation on your car it's like yeah man everything's right off like you don't have to really pay a lot of taxes in it so that's pretty cool yeah, I know. I, I know there's ways, too, for the fishing side once you start actually cashing checks like Russ and all of them do. 
on a natu- on a normal basis, there's ways to write things off too from yeah. there also. But lofty goals though. <laughs> yeah. What um now since you and I know you follow a lot of the national trails and all that, who's your favorite angler right now? Like who do you think is right now at the top of the game? I, I don't really have a favorite angler yet, to be honest. I I kind of like seeing the weights that they're putting up, and like I like seeing that Bass and Hobie and all of them are going to lakes that you've always heard of. Yeah, you know, and now I have a chance to fish them, kind of. Yeah, like this year I'm going to lakes that I've always been told are the best smallmouth lakes in the world, and now I get to go fishing this year. Which one is that? And, uh, it well, Sturgeon Bay. It's gonna be dangerous, but there's seven pound smallmouth in there. Yeah. So. So, I mean, if you can get into a little area and, and there's fish there, it's going to be great. It's like all the stuff you've seen, watch on, you know, the Bass Elites and the MLF. Now you get to go out and fish them, which I think that's probably the coolest part. Okay, so let me let me <laughs> simplify the questions about who's your favorite angler. Who do you got on the fantasy team? And for those that don't know, here in Paddle and Fin, we do have a fantasy team. Uh or fantasy league, I should say, um, that you can enter. Um, so go check out our Facebook um, page, uh, Follow Awesome Paddle and Finn, and you can get more details if you want to play the, play the kayak fishing fantasy game. But you in the fantasy game, right? Um, which one? I I didn't sign up in time for Fork. I will be signed up in time for Toledo Ben. And I mean, Guillermo's a hard one yeah. to uh, pass up. And then Christine's always up there too. Yeah. Like, um, and then I mean, the person I would follow before he was even on Paddle and Finn was Drew Gregory, just because his style matches with mine a lot. The minimalist of it, and I mean, besides, he doesn't really use a motor, I do, but just the simplistics of four rods going out there and just fishing. Yeah, quick, Drew is kind of like the anti, and I say this, <laughs> I say this with, uh, Kind of like respect and um, what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> like a compliment, right? Um, he f- is like the anti kayak angler. We always like carry, like I carry nine rods. You know, we have this, we try to get this fancy kayaks. Like I, you know, not uh, gloating or anything, but I have the PA360, which is a lot of money. Um, and I don't have a motor in it. I don't have the fancy equipment, but I know a lot of guys on top of having a PA 360 or a um, old town sportsman, you know, they have the the live scopes or the Hummingbird 360 and the torpedoes and the spot locks and all that. And here's Drew Gregory bringing pretty much everybody with just a Crescent kayak, which is a great kayak, but it's yeah. bare to the bones as far as just like four rods going to, you know, deep into a creek with really no, like, I don't, I can't speak totally on how he does his electronic, but really not depending much of it on electronics. He at says all. He, he says he doesn't, he says if it's his choice, he doesn't bring it. Yeah. I, I know he, I listened to when he was on talking about the Crescent kayaks and uh, he said, if it's his choice, he'd rather not have electronics on, his, on his boat. And traditionally, he doesn't pre-fish yeah. at all. Like, not at all. He doesn't pre-fish he as does. much as these guys that are pre-fishing for five years. <laughs> yeah, he'll, he'll... He said his tradition is hit a few spots, to stay a couple minutes here, stay a couple minutes there, and just kind of figure it out. But 
that's kind of like me. Like I'll, I'd much rather sit on Google Earth and pick out a few spots here and there, and then go check those out versus uh, running around the whole lake when I get there. Yeah, and I, and I think that's key. You touched on a good point. Like me, I'm preparing for Toledo Bend. Unfortunately, because of scheduling, I can't pre-fish more than one day. So I'm going to pre-fish one day. I'm relying heavily, heavily on Google Earth. And that's a great tool for anybody that's thinking, well, you know, I don't get the chance to pre-fish. Yeah, and, I, and I'm and I, one thing I will say about Bass Nation that they got right, and I'm hoping Hobie at some points adopt this, is, you know, limit the pre-fishing time. Because a lot of times when you guys, and my point on this is when you got people that can pre-fish like for five days, and we all know the names, not to take anything away from their greatness, when they're able to pre-fish, um, and I say this, and I just remember Gio didn't even pre-fish for, uh, <laughs> for the KBF drill and still won. But anyways, when you get people that can pre-fish for five days, there's only a small group that can travel around and do that. The problem could be in the future, and I'm just anticipating this is just my opinion. Everybody can have a different opinion. I respect <clears throat> everybody's opinion. But when you get into that small elite group that where the, they're the ones who's catching in the big checks day in and day out, then what that what will that do for the growth of the tournament where everybody's like, well, I don't really have a shot at winning money if I can only pre-fish one day. That's one point of it. So I'm always yeah. I I I'm one of those that advocate for small uh shorter pre-fishing windows like uh Bass Nation is doing. Having said that, if you can't pre-fish, I rely heavily on on uh Google Earth uh to do a lot of study and if you know what you're looking for and if you train your eye that takes time that there's one thing about training for time on the water but it also to train your eye on how to use technology like google earth you know that that's another level of training that's another level of uh, of knowledge because the first time i started using google earth you're just looking at it like what am i looking for but the more time you get on the water the more and you combine that with what you can see on google earth their point, there comes a point in time where things start to click and you, as soon as you open Google Earth and you look at a lake, you know exactly what you're looking for. And you, it's depending on the season, right? Depending if it's pre-spawn. Yeah, totally. Uh, yeah. So that's one thing that I encourage everybody. You have to train your eye. And, and again, it takes time. It doesn't come overnight. And I, you know, I'm not saying I've mastered that. But I found success in tournaments where I haven't even pre-fished at all. But I spend hours of my free time. And not just saying like uh, two hours in one day. But I spend like 15 minutes here, 20 minutes here from either work, uh, my break from work or my lunch break. Or, or after I got home from work, just, you know, before I go to sleep, I just look at it. When you start and you know what you're looking for, there's a lot of information that's going to really help you when you go into the next tournament if you haven't been able to pre-fish. So don't get discouraged for anybody that's out there listening. I know you know this, yeah, yeah. but yeah. for those listeners, don't get discouraged if you can't pre-fish it or if you only have one day. Just take your time, learn, go to YouTube, learn what to look for. There's a lot of uh, YouTube channels like, um, I forgot his name, um, what is this guy's name? The one fish, not fish the moment. Yeah, fish in the moment, right? 
Um, it might be. I know I found a guy who does. Um, he's not like a big name, but he's big into doing electronic videos yeah. and Google Earth videos. Yeah. He did a whole like, and I just searched how to um, how to look for stuff on Google Earth and how yeah. to switch it to. I had a Garmin yeah. unit at the time. How to switch it to your Garmin unit, and he did like a one-hour thing just sitting at his computer showing people exactly what he was looking for, exactly how he found things on Google Earth. Oh, and, simplistic fishing? It's from Texas. Uh, I would have to look it up. If you, Because it was over go, a year ago. Go ahead and, and finish your thought. I'll video. talk about that after yeah. you're done. One thing I will say is, because a lot of people are going to see this and then download it on their phone, you have to have the desktop one. To get the full, yeah. full uh, Google Earth experience and be able to look at different times and when the water's lower, you're able to find stumps and things like that versus yeah. the app. One thing to help anybody that's out there learning how to use Google Earth, <laughs> what to look for to kind of train your eyes, follow on YouTube Simplistic Fishing. There, He's a guy, I think he was from Missouri and he moved to Texas. And he does lake breakdowns and he tells you exactly what he looks for on Google Earth and how to use Google Earth to look. That is that that I think has helped my game a lot more than watching any other than um, Fluke Master, other than any other um, fishing actually video on it, because he really breaks down what he looks for and stuff that I would have never thought of. And would have taken me years of fishing to kind of like put it together. And that's the great thing about the the generation that we live now. You know, you, you can you can YouTube anything and learn from it. Um, and then apply that to what you already know and kind of, you know, do trial by error. You know, you learn this on YouTube. You put in practice on the water and you see if it works for you. Yeah. Versus just putting it in, you know, like our parents or grandparents when they're fishing. You know, they were like, well, how do I find fish? You know, you, you only... The only thing is like word of mouth or just actually going on the water and trying it for yourself. So that's another uh, tool. Go follow Simplistic Fishing on YouTube. And I, I'm not I'm speaking to my audience here on this one. It is a great tool to use Google Earth. It helps me. It has helped me a lot. Like I can I can tell you tournaments where I've won money, and it was because I I went into one of his lake breakdowns, saw what he saw, put it in practice. And it worked out. So that's that's another level of it that you can take advantage of that technology. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, yeah, I mean, the tools are, are there for people. And, I mean, YouTube is the greatest tool probably for any fisherman nowadays. Yeah. And um, But I also use, like, Bass U. It's, basically, it's just keep learning. Like, even when you can't be on the water, try to be always learning. You know, I'm trying to learn every single day you know, about either about the fish or about the lake I'm going to. I mean, there's so much that we don't know still. And fishing reports help, too. Like, I Absolutely. I don't know. I do fishing reports every week. Like, I'll do like, right now in Toledo Bend every week. I'm saying, what's the new fishing report? What's the new fishing report? And kind of get compare what was last week to this week and next week. You know, you know, and that's going to help you kind of like start setting a picture. Okay, last week they were on 
this depth, according to the fishing report, and they were chomping on this. This week, they're chomping on that, and they're at this type of depth. Um, and that's going to help you kind of, like, get a sense of where where, it's, where it might be going. Yeah, I agree with that. I also did, like, two weeks before the tournament, I would look at the weather and write the weather down yep. for wherever I was going to because you're not always going to be where you're fishing. I know you can be an hour away from your next tournament and the weather is completely different. Yeah. Yeah, I know, definitely. Especially in Texas, where everything changes. Like, we all say we have. If you don't like the weather, come back in two hours. <laughs> yeah. It really is. And I'm yeah, sure being from the Windy City and the Great Lakes areas, that's the same thing over there. Oh, you could get all four seasons in less than an hour out here, <laughs> yeah. man. Same here. <laughs> same here. What, um, have you ever fished outside of, like, Illinois? I'm assuming Wisconsin as well. Well, this past time I did Indiana, Wisconsin, Michigan. Um, but, I mean, most of my experience is Illinois and uh, Wisconsin. You know, I was, I'm was i really looking to branch out to other states, but obviously it costs money. I know I'll be in Tennessee for sure. Oh, for, for, uh, uh, for the pad on the internet. How much that is a drive for you? <laughs> Uh, I'll be driving probably with Brian or at least, but I mean, it's not that bad. It's like probably like eight hours. Oh, it's not that bad. No, it's, it's 12 hours for me. I'm still thinking if I'm going to be able to make it or not. Oh, I'm definitely, I know I've missed last year and last year I was still getting everything ready by the time I was going on, still getting the motor and all that stuff set up. But this year I'm looking to be, you know, pretty set up and ready to go. So that's another thing for those uh, panel and fin fans out there. We're going to be in, uh, what is it, Lake? Um, it's uh, uh, Dale Hollow Lake. Dale Hollow. Dale Hollow Lake. Uh, Eastport Marina. Eastport Marina. And it's going to be, God, Brian's going to grill me for this. I forgot the dates already. The second and third, I believe, is the yeah. tournament days. Yeah, of uh, April. Yep. Yeah, so, second. Gonna, so the weekend, the, the last weekend of March 1st, weekend of April. Brian, don't get on my case. I'm sorry, I forgot. <laughs> He's already bullying me on 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 a Facebook Messenger about this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, it's going to be a good event. And I, I was yeah. talking to Brian about uh, actually participating in the tournament. I know Shane was trying to come, too. So it'll be a good time to see everybody, too, on top of getting to fish an amazing body of water. Yeah. Well, Shane's going to... You know, Shane has drive all the way from Cali unless he flies over there and we get him a kayak. Yeah. So. I know he was talking about fishing the tournament, so we'll see uh, We'll see if, he, if oh, he's yeah, able to. What's the tournament that's on that weekend? Um, it's it's going to be the Paddle and Fin Open for Oh, for the Paddle and Fin Open, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Nice. Hopefully we'll get to see everybody. Jimmy Skinner, Dustin, I know, made it last year. Um, who else was last year? Almost everybody except Brad Hicks and me. Yeah, Brad, I mean, I, I wasn't even a part of Paddle and Finn at the time. But Brad, uh, I knew I wanted to go to that event, and I couldn't. Brad Hicks is going to troll us by <laughs> making us think he's going to show up, and then he's not going to show up and break everybody's heart like he always uh. does. Shout out to Brad Hicks. Go follow Brad Hicks and Joshua Eldridge. Um, every other, what is it? Every other t- Wednesday? 
No, every Wednesday. No, every, 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 every Wednesday. Every yeah. Wednesday on the um, final cast, we do product review. So go follow yeah. their show. That's a pretty good show. They got a good show coming up this week, too. I'm excited about that. I just saw what it was. So yeah. that's going to be fun. Yeah, Other than yeah, that, what's yeah. what's been one of your favorite guests on your one on your podcast or your favorite favorite episode you've recorded on the <coughs> mindset? Um, man, I haven't even thought about that. <laughs> uh, I would say probably Joshua David has been my favorite guest, just because it seems like we really connect when we talk. You know, he has that whole mindset. His whole company. Champions Fishing is based off a of mindset and, you know, being positive and everything else like that. So I just feel like we connect really good when we get on the podcast. So, I mean, there's been a ton of great guests. And I've learned a ton, too, from people. I think that's one of the greatest things about this and talking to new people is you learn also. Yeah. That's the whole reason why I got into podcasts, <laughs> just so I can learn and talk to these guys. I like the one you did with Mark Pentagraph. Mark Pentagraph, I've had yeah. on my podcast. Great. Great guests, as always, man. I love talking to Mark Pentagraph. A great source oh, yeah. of knowledge, he's, cool guy. Yeah, he's down to earth. He's not the, the you know, the, pro, well, professional, like, uh, air quotes, you know, type yeah. of guy who's Dip. trying to be uh, correct all the time and not swearing. I know he, he dropped a couple of swear words on my show. I didn't mind it, though. <laughs> <laughs> He's a good guy. I know yeah. the term and the term that Brad Harlebos hates, PKA, yeah. Yeah. professional kayak anglers. But yeah, man, it's uh yeah, he's he's I think he's he's getting into um um uh basketball tournaments now. I've I've when I had him on the podcast, he said that that if that win at the Bass Nation kayak series kind of opened the doors for him other things that's that's one of the underrated parts about winning this big name tournament especially yeah. the national championship like it really like for those that want to make a living out of it or at least get some money in return because kayak fishing it's very expensive even though we don't spend as much as a boat but still expensive i mean some of these guys do though that, yeah. that travel I mean, but, a lot, but a lot of them have sponsorship, and that's what I was going with. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. you win a tournament like that, and if you have a social media to go along with it, then you really can make um, some serious money out of it where it's not going to hurt your pocket. It's not going to have your wife mad at you for what you spend if you can bring a check back. <laughs> oh, I know. I know all about that conversation. <laughs> yeah. I know this year alone I did the math, and I'm estimated to spend about – just in the just on the local stuff, that's only like five hours away, a thousand dollars, which just yeah. to drive to a local tournament can be, you know, that that's without kayak, that's without gear, that's without um, that's without buying into the tournament. You know? Gas money, yeah. reels, lines, jackhammers. See, I, I don't mess with the jackhammer. What? I don't. Really? Why not? It's too expensive, man. I lose but, them way too quick. Like, yeah, that's the thing. You gotta get. That's the thing. You gotta get one or you like they work so good that you have to get like two of them each. Because now, if you lose one on a tournament, you're like, "Well, what am I throwing now?" Yeah. That's always like it's not that it costs fifteen dollars. It costs thirty when you think you gotta get two of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's. I mean, but. 
You can't complain though, because I know it's a great bait. And yeah. I mean, Mega Bass came out with their that jerk bait a couple years ago. It was twenty five. It still is twenty five dollars. That was yeah, the is. hottest craze and hottest thing. And everybody, I know everybody around here had to have. If it's not Mega Bass, you can't catch a fish with it. And then I went and painted my own jerk bait up a couple years ago and caught just as many fish. No, I think. <laughs> You see, this is the the difference because a lot of people don't talk about that. Like when they talk about, oh, um, you know, how much a jackhammer costs. <clears throat> well, first of all, it's a chatterbait, which is traditionally like not just jackhammers, but chatterbaits have won more money on tournaments, bass and uh, bass boats and kayak, probably more than any bait out there. Yeah, I agree um, with that. How many tournaments have been won? With a jerk bait, I mean, out here a lot of them. On a, <laughs> really on a jerk bait? Well, I guess because it's, of cold weather, but well, it's also it's really clear water out here, yeah. and there's not much. Depending on the water you fish, obviously, but there's not much like structure other than rocks and stuff, and they're they're more likely to be suspended. So you'll see people throwing a drop a drop shot or like a jerk bait. Like a really small jerk bait to get the smallmouth. Yeah, and that's compares that is very different from like East Texas where it's all grass lakes, where really a jerk bait. I mean, you can throw it, um, and I'm sure you can find success on like docks and everything, but yeah. you're really gonna find the big bass on, you know, on wheat lines and on vegetation depending on the season, right? <clears throat> But then that's the other thing. You spend twenty five dollars on a mega bass, and you don't think nothing of it. But you, but then people's like, "Oh, jackhammers are too expensive." Yeah, but it's a chatterbait. <laughs> it's, you yeah. know, it's gonna work a lot better, at least in Texas, than and then than a jerkbait. Um, well, regardless I started, of the jerkbait is gonna use. I started using the the elite. Uh, I think it's called the elite Z, one that Z Man makes. The one like right below the jackhammer. Yeah. And that kind of took away from my spinnerbait, which, I mean, I, I substitute that instead of the spinnerbait yeah. for pretty much all, like, if I'm around wet or anything, I'm throwing that. Yeah, I think that's the biggest, um, like, that's the worst thing that's ever happened to a spinnerbait is the invention of a chatterbait. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, well, it, the the thing with the spinnerbait, right, right, it was like the way it was used because it has that wire going over the hook. Then it was easy to use on grass. It was easy to use on, you know, through rock beds. You wouldn't get hung up as much. So it had that, that corner, you know, it had that thing where no other bait had, where it looked like a bait fish, but it wouldn't be as prone to getting hung up. So you can use, and then now comes the chatterbait, or the bladed jig, whatever, or you know what it might depend, be. What depend on brand. whatever brand you use. Yeah, depending yeah. on what brand, <laughs> and it's kind of like the anti um, spinnerbait now because it has more action. It's still because of the, there's still a blade that kind of like helps you go through vegetation, and you won't get snagged as much and all that. So I think that's like after since. The popularity of chatterbait, I've noticed the popularity popularity of spinnerbaits has gone down. Like it's with that, and, and it also took away from lipless crankbaits. You don't True. hear a lot about those either because it could do the same thing. Where you could rip that thing out of the grass and then let yeah. it fall. 
without getting hang up as much. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, I didn't use a lift list till this middle of summer this year, and that was just messing around. Like, yeah, yeah I usually don't <laughs> throw lip lists unless I'm on a um, winter in a um, rocky bed area where I know it's not going to get, it's going to be prone to hang up as much. Yeah. Plus, what for whatever reason here in Texas, you throw a lipless crankbait and you hook into one five times out of ten, five times out of ten, it's going to be the hybrid or a sand bass, and you're thinking you caught a bass, and then you find out it's not. At least here in Texas, that's my experience. Every time I throw yeah. a lipless crankbait, I'm like, I got something, but I don't know if it's going to be. Yeah, a, the the only know. thing I caught was a walleye with it. Yeah, I was like, so. I don't know if it's going to be a sand bass or a bass. <laughs> yeah. but. But that's cool, man. What are you looking forward to the most for you, um, next for your podcast? What's what? For, first of all, let's talk about your podcast. What are you looking forward? What's in store for the mindset moving forward? Um, pretty much the same that it's been. I, I'm probably excited to hit that one year mark, especially being one year in paddle and fin. Um, that's what I'm looking forward to the most on it, and just the continuation of more guests. And kind of really expand. I want to try to expand also into the boat world with it, not just always kayaks, even though that's where my passion is. You know, there's something to, to give something for everybody because the guy who owns a kayak may also own a boat, you know. And um, so I'm looking forward to really expanding the guests and expanding the list of people that I have on. That's awesome. Um, and who's your, who do you, who is the, guests that you look most look forward to bringing on to your podcast is there anybody out there like man i really want to have like for me when i started the podcast like i really wanted to have fluke master because i you know i started watching fluke master video before i even got into bass fishing so who do you is you're like oh i gotta have this guest at um it's probably a pipe dream but mike iconelli oh yeah (laughs) he'll do it he'll do it he'll do it but he's a hard guy to get a hold of man oh yeah he i really guy yeah, I really want to talk to him about his kayak win and kind of um, how he built. He completely built his brand around his name. Like, I have a hard name to pronounce, and he did too at first when he first got into the fishing game. And now it's the most recognizable name out there. You know, he completely built an empire off of what yep. was a dream. Yeah, I think the the – Mike Ike, you know, the ability to like shorten his name to Mike yep. Ike, like Chris Lick. I could be yep. one. There you go. I yep. got dibs on if you ever make money out of that. <laughs> there you go. You heard it here first. Chris Lick. I need royalties on that. <laughs> nice. And what about you in your like as a PKA? Should I say no? But you, <laughs> as far as tournaments goes, what is your short term and long term goals? Um, well, short-term goal for this year, uh, I haven't announced it on Instagram. I normally put out uh, my 2020, I did 2021 goals last year, but pretty much the same. I want to win, you know, my first tournament. I want to get a tournament win and then an uh, angle of the year. You know, I need to be in the top five in order to qualify for the Bass Nation stuff. So I'm really looking forward to that. And then um, long-term is, you know, become a professional at this. You know, that that requires a lot of work and a lot of social media and all that stuff. But, you know, I just keep grinding with it. 
Yeah, it's no longer just about catching fish. It's also having a. Oh, it's it's, it's, it's like it, a whole it, business, man. Yeah, having it's, that social media reach. Yeah, it's you get you kind of gotta have a business mindset to this when you want to do it at the highest level. Yeah, it's yeah. it's all about creating a brand now. It's, yep, it's what it is, which is fine. Some people hate on it. It's oh, sellout. No, it's not. I don't. I, yeah. I hate it when people call it a sellout. You know, but to me, it's a sellout if you're trying to represent. If you if you're representing a product or a company you don't believe on, then that yeah. to me, that's why I would draw the line. But other than that, I mean, it's a way to make money. If you're bringing an organic product and organic uh, brand name, then there's nothing wrong with that. I don't know why anybody would hate on it or call it a sellout. You know, that, yeah. The, to me, that that's the definition for a sellout in the sense of you promoting something you yourself don't believe in and that's interesting because you can you can here's my point of view on this you can be representing sepco which is traditionally like everybody thinks like that's the worst brand not the worst brand but that's like the well, cheap brand like quantum now yeah quantum. so you can say oh quantum or sepco you can say yeah. like oh that's the cheapest brand but guess what if you really believe in it if you fished all your life with a sepco and a quantum and you really believe in it and you get an opportunity to be on the pro staff and make money out of it, just because you're representative doesn't make you a sellout. Now, yeah. that doesn't make you a sellout because you you truly in your heart believe in it, right? Now, take that and flip the coin and let's say you don't believe in semen products. Let's say, which is the, one of the most popular brands and probably the brand that everybody wants to be a part of. Let's say you don't believe in their soft plastics. Let's say you don't believe in their jackhammers. And all of a sudden you have reached a popularity and semen um, gives you that opportunity to represent them. To me, it's funny because you could you, you call somebody out for representing quantum, even though they believe in it. But what if you're representing a big name company like Zeman, but you don't believe in their product? That's to me to sell. Yeah. So it has nothing to do. That. It has nothing to do with which brands you represent. It's what you believe in. Like if you're representing a problem, could be Mega Bass. I don't. I wouldn't accuse anybody of Mega of uh, partnering with Mega Bass to be a sellout because that's one of the best brands out there. Their jerk baits, or crank baits, uh, a lot of their stuff is six uh, six cents is another one. Seaman. But if you don't believe in their products, but you're still willing to partner with them, that to me is more of a sellout. I agree with that. That's and that's completely. just my personal opinion. Right? Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. Like, I know the Bass Fishing for News did a podcast a couple of weeks ago about sponsorships and everything, and where they said you should only go after sponsorships that you believe in. Exactly, and that's like, I agree with that one hundred percent. I'm not with anybody that I wasn't using their products beforehand. You know, um, like, and. You know, like I'm now um, promoting products that I'm not even technically signed to them, but want to be. So there's no point in not promoting something that I actually believe in. Yeah. You know, that's the point. And by the way, just to clarify for all our listeners, I'm not calling anybody that's sponsored by Seaman or Bass or uh, Mega Bass that they're a seller. I'm just saying, if you're whatever company you are, if you don't like it, if you don't believe in the product, but you still want to partner with them. And that's what I would definition. So I'm not calling anybody specifically. Yeah. So don't don't take that to don't don't take that and run with the guys or girls that are listening. But yeah, man, that's that's a that that's that's a rabbit hole we can go into. Um, and definitely a lot of information. 
And I say this, you don't have to have, you don't have to be partnered with a company to teach other people, right? If there is a specific product um, or a specific technique that you like um, and you want to use it, I mean, you can still promote it. You can still say, hey, I've used this product. I'm not sponsored by them, but if I can give you some knowledge. And there's always like, there's different, you know, social media content. Some of them is entertainment. Like my guy can only be, is more centered about entertainment. Not that he doesn't teach, but I'm just saying yeah, he's so, he, you know, my, I, I, well, I mean, more, he, he's on a totally different level. From, yeah. But he's more, like, <laughs> he's more in the entertainment business yeah. where, like say Flugmaster is more of a teacher, like a not sharing knowledge. Yeah. You know, they both have social media, but for different reasons. So if you, yeah. if you're starting your own social media and you want to help other people, you can still talk about products that, um, you don't believe in them. I mean, not believe in them, that you're not sponsored with them, but you do believe in them. That's what I meant to say. But yeah. anyways, Chris, I've had you for almost an hour. And <clears throat> usually with my first, with the first time guest, I like to do like rapid questions. So pretty much if you listen to my podcast, you probably know what's coming, yeah, yeah, but you I ready? Know. Yeah. All right. First of all, either one 10 pounder in eight hours of fishing or 10, two pounders. Thought about this. I've thought about this. Everybody has thought um, about this. There's no wrong answer, by the way. Oh, I know, I know. Uh, I would say one ten pound here. I agree. All right. Uh, yeah. All right. I'm gonna steal one from um, Bass and Bruce that they asked me on that question. It was a tough question. Wacky rig or Texas rig? We're talking about Senkos. Which one would you do? Oh, if you have to rig. pick one. Wacky, wacky, wacky rig, but not big on Senkos, unfortunately. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Right. That's a first. If you only can only fish one bait for the rest of your life, just one bait, which one would it be? Drop shot. Drop shot. Well, because, you know, up there, I, I, oh, I, see, I, I see it. I've I can see it. I've done it in thick grass, too. I've worked, it's, called, it's just called power shot. And oh, use yeah. a four-out hook and, and a bigger weight. I did it in I've, Wisconsin to catch all my fish on that tournament. I've actually done that once, and um, I caught some pretty nice bass. And then, uh, um, so I've actually done power drop shot. Power shot. I, I think I learned that from actually a podcast. I think it was Chris Santoro. I think it was Chris that taught taught me that one. I can't remember. It's one of my first podcasts that I did that we talked about that. Um, favorite setup: rod, reel. And line. Um, well, I probably have two. I have one for spinning and one for casting. You want me to go through them both? Yeah. Yeah. So casting would be a seven foot medium action rod with a six six reel. Um, I use thirteenth fishing uh, concept reel. And then uh, I can't remember the name of the spinning rod, but. A light action, a medium to light action spinning rod for the drop shot. Seven foot still. Nice. I, All right, I, I always like staying around that seven foot range, six, nine. Yeah, I'm probably the same way, although I I tend to lean more to the <coughs> seven, four, seven, six kind of like. It's just I like to bomb out. I've, that's one thing that I've matured. Like, first, I just like the... Um, Guy and me just wanted to bomb out those baits out there. And then I learned sometimes less is better. 
So yeah, I'm a target caster. Yeah, I gotta, is, I gotta aim at something. Yeah, no, which is good. I mean, crankbaits and all that. You yeah. need, you need long casts and all that. But I'm um, being a bank fisherman too. You know, you sometimes you want to get the bait out there, so you, you really want to use those long rods um, to do that. But yeah, that's a good point. Last question: If you cannot, if you're not ever allowed to fish for bass again. That includes smallmouth, any any black bass, none at all. Which t- fish would you target? Well, I'm musky. Musky? Do you yes. do a lot of musking up there? I try to do a lot in the fall time. You don't really want to target them once the water is above 75 because it could, even if they swim off, it could end up killing them in the end of it. No. So, PB uh, um, musky? Haven't caught one yet, man. <laughs> it's it's the fish of 10,000 casts for a reason. That's an interesting choice, <laughs> being that you never caught one, man. I it's, wouldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> it's the it's like the i don't know how to explain it. it's like the lure of knowing it's like this at least out here like it's like this fish at ten thousand casts like if you catch one you're a really lucky person it's almost like a tarpon but for the northern states it's the best way I could describe it. Well, tarpon are a lot easier to catch than musky. Oh, yeah. But <laughs> the right people, yeah. But yeah. if you're going out there yourself and not knowing anything, it can be a challenge. Really? You think so? I lived in Puerto Rico, man. Tarpon are super easy to catch. Oh, see? Yeah, it's, it's like trash fish over there. Yeah. Um, and uh, that's it, man. Um, yeah. Anything? Oh, before I let you go, shout outs. Would- <laughs> Go ahead and take your time to do your shout outs, shameless plugs. Um, I mean, I don't have many, but uh, I'm affiliate with uh, Bucked Up, which is a pre-workout and a post-workout. And then um, Outdoorsman Coffee. I have a cup every single morning. And uh, let's see what else. I mean, Pat on Finn, obviously. They're not a sponsor, but they've helped me with so much. <laughs> And uh, Benning Branches is one that um, I'm not affiliated with them, but I do love the brand and the product. Nice. So, I mean, that's I believe that's about it for oh Rocktown Adventures. That was my newest one. You know, hey. they helped me get into my first actual fishing kayak. Nice. And um, where can people follow you on Instagram, Facebook, or whatever social media you have? Uh, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, and YouTube is all at Chris Lifka Fishing. At Chris Lifka Fishing, man. Where's that last name from? I have to ask. It is Ukrainian from Ukrainian? my dad's side, obviously. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, a lot of people ask me because it's like, you know, a lot of people think it's Polish, but, uh, you know, I, my dad always told me you could get in fights over that. But that way, if someone calls a Ukrainian Polish, that's that's starting to fight. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I'm not from that part yeah. of the Europe, so I wouldn't know. That's I wouldn't know either. I've never <laughs> been there. It's just, just what I've been told. There you yeah. go. Words to live by. Then, if you live yeah. on that side. All right, Chris. Thank you so much for joining us, man. Um, I've had you for an hour. It's a great conversation. Wish you the best with the podcast. Wish yep. you the best with. Um, with moving forward with your tournaments, you know, and your aspirations, uh, you know, and, you know, we're in Bass Kayak and Beers and Paddle and Fin family, whatever we can do to help you achieve your goals, man, we're all for it. So, yep. 
For those out there listening, remember, go check out my sponsor, Douglas Outdoors. Go to douglasoutdoors.com. I also got a new video. I'm starting, starting to do some YouTube videos. I was going to say that in the intro. I forgot. But I got my first video out there, my kind of like full length. And I call it full length because it's 15 minutes. It's going to be centered around me fishing with uh, talented anglers and kind of learning from them. So it's not going to be just about me fishing. I'm also do some tournament recaps and I'm also, my might also throw in some short like two minute videos on tackle tips of things that i feel comfortable teaching other people so go check it out follow me on youtube on the bass kayak and beers instagram as well and have a great day everyone if you're gonna go out there fishing please wear your pfds stay safe and congratulations to the winner of the bass nation kayak series kbf 10 um i forgot his name uh cody henley uh, congratulations to him and uh that's it. Peace out, everybody. Have a great day.